with the best, well they didn't make it. So here's what you get from Hollywood, Guns and Roses. Episode 14, a bit of a bonus episode for everyone. Uh, this is Glenn, and I've got Tommy with me. Uh, I'm excited about this boner episode. Yes, the bonus episode. I attended... <laughs> oh, bonus. I'm not as interested in. I attended a little bit of a musical concert last night. One that I was really excited about. We talked about the end of episode 13... Went over to Arlington in my personal jet and took in Guns N' Roses last night. So that would explain this terrible intro song we're having to fight through. Uh, hey, it's actually one of definitely one of my favorites. So uh, I guess before we get into that, we'll just share the old uh, Twitter info. Uh, you can reach me or tweet me at, at 3 underscore 11 Glenn, and then Tommy's at uh, Tommy2 underscore 0 on the Twitter. And I promise on my Twitter feed there will be no Guns N' Roses tweets. And coming into this, I think you were pretty uh, self-admitted that you don't know anything about Guns N' Roses. Yeah, in uh shocking turn of events, uh, 48 hours later, that's still the case. I, I kind of... Like, you know who they are, but you don't have any familiarity whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, um, Axel Rose. Okay. And then I'm assuming the other guy's last name is Gunn, right? N- no, no, not oh. not so much. Actually, uh... Well, I'm out, I'm out. That's all I've got. Actually, when the band started, that was true. I just can't remember what the guy's name was. But that is how the band got its name initially. Was that there was a guy's okay. last or his stage name was Gun, and then he's not you know he wasn't in the outfit by the time they were uh, actually hit it big. So did he think guns were good? Yeah, absolutely. They exercised a little bit of gun control. So I bet speak. you didn't exercise any gun control last night. That no was man. In fact, I'm surprised you're conscious today. To so be guns were out. So I am. I actually by. By right now, I'm really starting to just completely wear down because I got back a um, little after 2 a.m. last night. Um, wow. And you and you worked at your alleged day job today, your white-collar job? Oh, no. I had the day off. I had a, a nice I had an appoint, day. appointment this morning, and then I took a little, little PTO time. But... Um, okay, first of all, appointment this morning could not be more vague, especially with your family out of town. Uh, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into all that. So, Oh, boy. Um, so anyway, so Guns N' Roses, for me, I touched on this in the last episode, this was definitely the first band in my life that like I ever chose, like, this is my, this is my band, this is my favorite band. They were the first one of those that... Uh, ever came along you know you you're sure. little, little kid you're just exposed to basically whatever your parents listen to so kind of a mix for me it was either early 80s country music or some kind of contemporary christian type stuff um and that was fine because the, awesome, the awesome dong listened to christian music no nah, he listened to country if he listened to anything okay dad's not a big like radio and music guy he doesn't have he doesn't have a whole lot of buy-in there. If you asked him, "Hey, what's your favorite band?" he'd probably just look at you with a blank stare and then just walk away after a few seconds. So, but for me, this was the first time I was exposed to this. I was like, "Wow, that is kind of scary." Also, pretty awesome. And then my parents were never real strict with what my sister and I listened to, as long as it wasn't like 
uh, just completely and totally profane. But this was the only band, like, if I ever asked for an album for my birthday, Christmas, or you're just at the mall and it's like, hey, you know, you know, pick something out. This was the only thing I can remember music-wise that I ever picked out and said, I want this. And my mom said, no, you don't need to be listening to that. So, Oh, dear. So I, I, that's what I was going to ask you. So this was, this was edgy then? Oh, yeah. Especially, I mean, I was like 10. By today's standards, is it edgy? I don't think. I don't think so. No, no. So is it a lot of like cussing no. and no? I mean satanic imagery. I mean, what's the why was why was Mrs. Three Eleven Glenn not in, <laughs> involved with this? I'll say there's a lot of uh, drug use and sexual innuendo in a lot of the songs. Uh, yes. yes, but you know, other than that, that's yeah, that's pretty standard. And as a ten year old, I didn't get any of that. It just sounded cool. Right, you don't you don't pick up on that till later in life. And then you go, man, why did my parents let me listen to that? Yeah, no, I haven't really gotten. To, I'll let you know when I get to that point, but I haven't so really. So, your uh, consumption of Guns and Roses as a young man done on the down low? Then, yeah, it had to be because I wasn't allowed to own the album. So, but they're like, you know, eighty seven, eighty eight. They're the most popular rock band in the world, so they play all their songs on the radio. So. You just listen to the radio. You have a little mixtape action. You have that little blank cassette just by the channel. That DJ inter- introduces some song, record and play, and you're good to go. So, yeah, so I just had tapes of their songs, whatever we get, radio play. We would just listen to it that way. So, uh, but ne- never saw them. And they really only had a run from like 87 to like 92 or 93 where they were big before they before they broke up. So I never got to go see them in concert then cuz 93 I'm, you know, 15, 16 years old. Didn't have the money, you know, to go uh to go to something like that. I actually asked my dad, uh I think this was in 92, uh, Guns N' Roses and Metallica were playing like this they were touring together and playing this big festival at Texas Stadium, and I just brought it up. Like, so who opens for who in that scenario? Uh, you know what? I I can't remember. I don't know if they alternated it or not. Because um, they were comparably big. I must. Oh, especially by '92, because in '91 yeah. was when Metallica's biggest album hit, and they just blew up, you know, immensely. Um, but yeah, I brought that up to my dad, just kind of float the idea, and it just got shot down like immediately. Like, not only am I not taking you to that, you're you're not going to that. So I was like, okay, well, well, I I can actually support him there. I I think the when you start talking about the types of people at those things at that at a young impressionable age, yeah. boy, whew. well, since that time, I've had more than enough exposure to those types of shows and festivals so i can tell you all about the people that uh go to that type of stuff so um okay so anyway hadn't seen them had had never seen the essentially the original group live before handful of years ago saw guns and roses but it was just axel and then the band of misfits that he had put together to you know for all the other spots in the band um so the version last night it's basically Axel and then Slash and Duff, who's that's the name of the the bass. He's the original bassist. Still plenty Man. plenty of other parts that they all sound like just a bunch of tools. Uh, but anyway, highly intelligent, ahead. educated individuals. I think. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. A lot of pieces in the band are not from the original from the '80s and '90s, but we got the main characters here. So, and and they're. Early days before they hit it big, they were, yeah, they were not doing well. Um, I think the story is a lot of the songs that were written on their uh, debut album were like the lyrics and the music and everything was were written like on the the insides of pizza boxes because that's really like all they had. And they're like living in just oh a loft apartment together, just trying to write songs and drinking themselves into submission. And that's how you make it. Oh, that's dear. how you make it in rock and roll. That's how well, I'll never make it, because I'll never live in a loft with a bunch of pizza boxes, just drinking myself into submission. So I'm not, not made out for rock and roll, I guess. Clearly not. Yeah. So, super excited yesterday to go to this. Um, and a lot of it is 
still like their music. You know, the old stuff. They Axel released an album in 2008, and it's got about three songs on it that are worth a crap. But other than that, there's not much there. Um, so I still like it. There's also kind of a nostalgia piece to it because this is like the first band that I really, really got into. So, so uh, me and the buddy of mine that went last night take off from here we get there around you know seven o'clock the opening band was gonna start at eight and we get in there so ponchos didn't happen well i'm sorry no ponchos no, no, no didn't happen no whataburger happened I, th- I think that was a slightly better decision so no no ponchos okay so on the way in i got a little treat this is a very i kind of blow this out of proportion saying that i talked to him but it was a very brief interaction that i had as we get there and we're trying to go to the gate where we can enter, um, walking toward me is a face that I recognize. It'd be the great Vinnie Paul of Pantera is walking oh, wow. right towards us. So with his uh, group that I'm sure that they were uh, headed straight to a straight to a suite there at, at Jerry World. So I just kind of... So he was there as a fan. Yeah. He, he was not there no. in any kind of performance capacity. No, he was there as a fan, and I just kind of uh, kind of said, hey, was, um, whatever, you know. Was Dimebag there with him? I knew that was coming. It's a it's a good thing that we're doing this by phone because I would have just slapped you it's across the question. room for besmirching the name of Dimebag Daryl. A man who was murdered on just, stage. Murdered. Was just curious if you saw him there. Just curious if he was No, but there. I did say hi to Vinnie Paul. He gave kind of a high, you know, knowing nod back and then probably thought, God, just get me to my suite so these idiots won't bother me anymore. Um, I would assume that would be a place where he'd be recognized by a lot of people, yeah, not just it you. It's not like he was at, at a, you know, art museum right. or something where... Now he was he was That's his going in the gate where all the people. If you've got a suite that you go in, so maybe it's well, but still, that's what they're there for. They sh- I don't know. I was kind of surprised too, because it was definitely him. Like I would literally bet anything that it was him. Um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised too that I was the only one. So uh, I don't know. But I mean, what's done is done. So so we head in and. The Cult was the opening band, a band that I'd never seen before, and a band that I'm not real, real familiar with uh, with their catalog, even though probably like six of the eight songs they played, I, I recognized them just because I'd heard them on the radio and stuff. Um, yeah, I feel like if you played much Grand Theft Auto Vice City, you'd be pretty familiar with their catalog. So there you go. So they, they, were, they were pretty good, but... They're not the main event. I mean, we were we we're waiting for the the big the big guns. You know, oh yeah, boy. I didn't really mean As it were. didn't really mean to do that, but we we're that's who we were waiting to to show up. So, um, so let's see. So we we got there a little after seven. We had some time before it started at eight. The cult played till like eight forty-five, and then we had another forty-five minutes. So, um. So how drunk were you when well, that, GNR one one big took the one stage. big treat here, and then I'm going to give a tip to all that that go to AT and T Stadium, um, and their beer selection, they do have Coors Original, the banquet beer. So when we walked in and the beer guy standing outside and he's holding up a Coors Original, I knew this was going to be a very a very <laughs> good night. <laughs> so yeah, we had made a couple trips to uh, you know grab a couple couple of those, and then you know my tip to future attendees is if you're there and they have beer guys outside and you've already come in like gone to your seat and you're like hey you know let's go get an- another round or whatever, do not wait in any of the actual lines for beer. If you do, you're a complete moron because it'll take like half an hour. Just walk the extra 50 feet right outside the door, and there'll be a vendor standing right out there, and you can get right, you know, right back in. So, we took advantage of that a couple times. Um, all I can really tell you from a quantity standpoint was I took like 100 bucks with me uh, into the concert. Well, I guess I paid 20 for parking, so I had 80. And when I got home, I had five crumpled one dollar bills in my pocket, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't eat anything. So 
I don't know. You can wow. do do the math. <laughs> I, I, maybe I dropped a couple of twenty somewhere. I not real real sure. So, so by this point we are, I mean we are ready to go. And they they drop the lights and you know they've got not pyro but you know whatever they've got on the stage set they've got you know guns are firing off or whatever for a while and everybody's just getting you know hyped up and everybody's standing up and i uh i gave like two warnings to the people well one person next to me was the guy i was with and then the guy on the other side of me because we didn't have a lot of room you kind of you know i mean it was all the sections were full so you're real tight in there and I told him, I was like, hey, when this kicks in, I don't know what's going to happen. We don't have a lot of room here. And somebody might get, kind of get hit with a forearm, maybe not an elbow or something, but uh, oh, wow. all, all incidental. I'm not trying you know, to do anything, but things might get a little crazy, you know, You're jumping up and down, that type of thing. So, um, wow. But it not like, I was just like, you know, if I bump into you, basically, don't get mad. It might. Don't try to fight yeah, me. Yeah, don't try to fight me because. The EMT coming to get drag you out of here is not on my agenda for tonight. I, I had, I had <laughs> talked to Vinnie Paul on my agenda. I checked that off. Eat at Whataburger. I checked that off. You know, pummeling somebody was not. So, uh, anyway, so then it kicks in. The first few, uh, I guess, guitar licks or whatever from uh, the first song they played which was a song called It's So Easy, and it's one of my favorite songs. And then that place was just, the whole place was just going just nuts. Now, that venue is really bad acoustic-wise. Um, not as much just echo. It's just the, you know, for that type of music, you run into a problem of, like, levels and distortion uh, between all the guitars and drums and screaming vocals. But... It was noticeable, more noticeable there that this is not the best place for this type of concert. It didn't really take away from my enjoyment. It was just, it was just an observation. So, so were were your seats pretty good? Oh yeah, I mean we were, we were on the the opposite end. Like I mentioned the last episode, like you would picture where they set up the stage, probably to be within like where the end zone and twenty yard line, let's say, is on one end of the field. And we were sitting in the lower bowl section that would be behind the opposite end zone. So, we're, I mean, we're straight on to the stage. I mean, we're looking, you know, 80, 90 yards in front of us. But, I mean, you can see what's going on. And they have the big screens, like, on each side of the stage, you know, showing different guys the band and, you know, close-ups and all that kind of stuff. So, one of the first things I notice um, is they show the drummer, which is not an original member, but the opposite. <laughs> funny observation there was he was just wearing a black t-shirt that just said, that just said shit up across it and that was that was it no other statement trying to be made it's just here, here i am this is the shirt that i'm uh that i'm wearing to perform for you i'm gonna guess between like 40 to fifty thousand people because it seemed like so was it was it sold out for what they had available i don't i don't think quite sold out for everything they had available because I was kind of scanning around the upper the the highest highest level and it was not it was not full um I you know maybe halfway full but I don't even know if I go that far but the the floor is full and the the two other levels right above that it's basically I didn't really see any empty seats and just thinking if it that thing that plays seats ninety thousand. It seemed like it was about halfway full. So I'd say there's probably about forty five there. It's a pretty big crowd. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, that's bigger than anywhere else in town could, or any other concert venue could see for yeah. sure. So uh, they come on and it kicks in and everybody's going nuts and uh, see Slash out there and that's awesome because I've never seen him. Well, actually, I hadn't seen him with Guns N' Roses. I saw him with his other band. Uh, Velvet Revolver before, but R.I.P. Scott Weiland. But um, yeah, it, 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 I was going to ask you how he was doing. Well, but. he he was playing. I think he's playing Go Fish with Dimebag. So okay. Uh, so where was I? Okay, so they yeah they get started and they go right into it. Like they come out and play, play one, you know, play a song 
it ends, go into another one, and then I think a third, like, you know, just one right after the other. There's not, like, the play the song and then Hello Dallas or, you know, whatever. They're just, like, pounding one song after the other uh, to start off. And, you know, they're they're looking pretty good. No, no crowd interaction. Not yet, not yet. Just song after song. Yeah, and they're that's just through, like, the first three. And, you know, immediately you can let's stick with this, the three main prominent members of the band so slash basically looks to me at least of course the way his hair is and you know he wears sunglasses and that that hat he, to me he looks the same as he always has but he kind of always keeps his face hidden anyway so i mean he could look like the right it's not hard to it's not hard to look the same when you have such a disguise yeah i mean he could look like the crypt keeper under all that and i i wouldn't know because I know he hasn't taken care of himself. I think one story from way back when about him was they used to play and they would be either so just so drunk or so stoned or both that he was playing a show and he was smoking a cigarette while he was playing whatever song in the solo and the cigarette fell down out of his mouth and like into the front of his pants. And he was just so drunk he just kept playing and didn't even feel it. Even though a lit cigarette is <laughs> just like falling basically into his crotch. Wow. But he looked basically the same to me. Duff, the bassist, to me, looked like a guy who does CrossFit all the time. Like he's just like leaned out like 2% body fat. And then there's Axel. And just like talk, talking about a bunch of stuff you weren't interested yeah, in? Uh, yeah, it's just, he was up there flipping tires as many as he could in between Tell, songs. Telling you about his workout of the day and stuff that you just don't care about. Yeah. And then, then we come to Axel. My observation was, uh, appearance-wise, I don't know, maybe you'll get these references, maybe you won't. He looked like some kind of a mix between Danny Bonaducci and Kathleen Turner. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to make sure, because you've got to have some this- roots in the 70s or 80s to get, to get those uh, references. But, that I mean, that's oh, what, gosh. it looked like if... The, the thing that they used to do on Conan, I don't know if they still do, if they took the two people and if they made it and they just kind of oh. merged their faces. That was literally one of the first things I thought of when I saw him. Funny. It looked like Danny Bonaducci's hair and Kathleen Turner's face. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so things aren't going particularly uh, well. I mean, he's doing okay. He's You can tell he's a little bit pudgy, but it wasn't anything just ridiculous. And the guy is like 52 or something like that. I mean, was the claim you made the last time we recorded that he has to go off stage every three songs to take oxygen? Was that proven to be true? I don't know if it was oxygen, um, but he he would disappear after every three or four songs. And with each disappearance came a wardrobe change. So maybe it's oxygen. Maybe he's just changing, you know, uh, it was just the wardrobe change and that was it. I I don't know. I'm guessing it was a little from column A and and from column B. So, but like I said, I mean, he's in his fifties. He's probably lived a pretty hard life. Uh, he's had some plastic surgery, I believe. So he's not looking that great, but Hey, a lot of us aren't going to look that great when we're, you know, in our early to mid fifties. I mean, a lot of people look like speak for yourself. Uh, a lot of people look like death sucking on a lifesaver by that time. No, 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 no. I'm planning. I'm planning to look great, like a crossfit. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I, I've already got it mapped out. Like from age like 45 to 55. Like all I'm gonna do is pull ups. That's it. And that'll keep me in shape. So. So we get started, and uh, Axel's doing his thing. He's doing his, you know, weird kind of serpentine snake dance that he does while he sings and. He's got the red, uh, whatever fuzzy microphone that he always uses, and he he tries to do all the same things that you see. If you if you're not gonna do this, I know, but if you go back and watch like their music videos or you know live performance of their songs from like the '80s and '90s, as far as like running around from side to side while he's singing and all that kind of stuff, and it's kind of like the guy who has the intent that. He's going to be able to sprint back and forth three or four times, but then he really does kind of one and a half, and then he's just completely gassed. Like, you can tell he's kind of moving around, and then he has to get real still and just stand in one place and, and uh, you know, sing the song from there. But 
Oh dear. I I didn't notice. Or, or you just have the sound of heavy heavy. No, you didn't have any the of whole that. Song otherwise. And like I said, the sound quality in the venue is not great, but I did not notice any just inability to hit the notes or produce the kind of sound that he that he normally does. Um, because he's got a very a very unique and distinctful vocal style. If you if you don't know. I don't know if, uh, you know, maybe, uh, what's his face? I'm going blank on the lead singer of Judas Priest, but that might be uh, Rob Halford. I'm not going to be much help. Yeah, Rob Halford. Um, they might be kind of similar, but it's it's a very unique sound. So he could still basically duplicate that. So go through the first song, and then, and then they stop, and then Axel disappears for a while, and there's just kind of nothing. And then we kick into the opening riff of a song I believe you're at least familiar with, which is Welcome to the Jungle. Yes. If you've been to almost any sporting event, specifically football, like ever, you've probably heard the beginning of that song. But that definitely got the crowd just into a complete frenzy. Um, and it's a it's a good song. It's not one of my like favorite two or three, four songs of theirs, but I mean it, it has its place for sure. So it was this a time when you had to apologize for throwing an elbow? Or um, I'm trying to think of when that was. It may have been a little bit there, and then there was a there was another song uh, that I'm a big fan of. It's called "You Could Be Mine." That uh, yeah, we definitely had a similar problem. We kind of had to turn to be like, yeah, my bad, sorry about that. And then uh, <laughs> and then in, during another song, I was just inspired to. Uh, uh, during the slash guitar solo, a couple of people in front of us had either left or they had just gone to get something or whatever. So like their seats were empty. I just went ahead and propped my foot up on the back of their uh, seat and just kind of air guitar soloed one of the songs, you know, I was just inspired, you know, this is what music does to you. It's art and it inspires you to do crazy oh, things. Oh my goodness. But Clearly. also kind of a bit, and I'm sure Core's original played at least a minor role in that, but Hey, we're just, we're just having fun here. So, um, so overall, I mean, going back to, uh, how late it was, they, they took the stage just after 10 o'clock. I mean, like, you know, like 10 Oh five, you know, whatever. And when they were done, it was 1247. So they almost put a three hour set out there. Wow. Yeah. So it was, well, that's impressive, especially at, at their age yeah. and their seeming lack of interest in doing this anymore. I don't know about that. Although we debated uh, before it got started, just what the, if this is a genuine, Hey, we need to get together. And uh, you know, because we missed so many years and haven't played together and haven't toured or whatever. And that's the, that's the motivation. Or if this is just a big, just a complete money grab, which was probably a little, a little bit yeah. of both in it, I'm sure. Which, to be honest, if it is if it is a money grab, I don't care. I still got to see it. You know, whatever their intentions are, doesn't really make much of a much of a difference to me. But yes, did you go online today and look up and see reviews of the show? I mean, what was the general consensus from the critical public? Of it? Um, I haven't yet. I figured. Or did you just wake up like five minutes ago? Well. I figured tomorrow, meaning, yeah, tomorrow is Friday. I figured I haven't looked for any of that. I figured it'll all be out there by tomorrow since uh, anybody covering it couldn't have possibly, I guess you could start writing a review and then submit it, you know, uh, right when the concert's over or whatever. But the thing wasn't over till one in the morning. So none of that was really top of mind. So we, yeah, we got back at, uh, to get back to my whole appointment and everything. We got. I got back here just after like 2 a.m. By the time we got out of there, got to the car, got through traffic, and you know, and drove home. And so I don't know. I get to bed at like 2:30, and of course, trying to get some sleep. And my dog wakes me up right around seven, which was a beating. So I let her out, go back to sleep. End up getting out of bed around nine. Cause I've got a dentist appointment like 15 minutes after that, but I'm not worrying about it. Cause I don't worry about nothing. Cause worrying is a waste of my effing time. So, right. Cause you're going to live forever. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, and then today, like, yeah. So maybe like five hours sleep or whatever. And I've made it till like this evening, but yeah, I'm just completely about to crash at this point. So, um, so back to the show, I'm trying to think of what else do you, do you have any questions for me? Now, well, did the, did the gentleman that accompanied you to the show share in your enthusiasm for the Absolutely. show? Absolutely. He was, he was a really, a really big fan as well. So it was a great, it was a great match, I guess, if you will. It wasn't like somebody who's kind of like, eh, yeah, I'll go, but you know, whatever. No, he was like super into it too. So it was, uh. It was definitely well worth the time and and money for sure. That's that's awesome. And then I'm I'm assuming that there was no no difficulties getting back that no. required you to utter a catchy phrase that would later be the title of a podcast. No, uh, nothing nothing like that. We had a actually on the way on the way in there. Um, one thing I forgot to mention was. We got there and we parked. We didn't want to pay like the billion dollars it usually costs to pay right near the stadium. So we parked. I thought you were 311 Glenn. Money is no object. Well, I have certain value in certain things. And paying a lot for to put my car somewhere, that that's not a real high value thing to me. I have the ability to walk, so I don't mind walking a little bit. So we parked closer, like, closer to the ballpark uh, than we did AT&T Stadium. We're like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll save 20, 20, 30 bucks between the two of us, and uh, we'll just park out here. So we did that, and we started walking toward the stadium. Well, it was like 107 degrees, and we're basically walking straight yeah. into the sun. So we get, yeah. we walk for about 40 seconds, and then one of those golf carts uh, comes up to us and asks us if we want to ride. And it's it costs like ten dollars a person for them to to give you a ride up to the where they can take you close to the stadium. But we kind of looked at each other, and I was like, I know we just saved on parking. I don't really feel like walking back to the car. Let's just pay this guy another ten and uh, and ride with him. So he he uh, is just pulling us around there, getting to the stadium, and he's asking us, you know, if we've seen the band before and whatever, and. He's like, yeah, I've never seen him. You know, I've been to some concerts recently, and, and this guy seems pretty credible. Maybe you know, musical taste wise, he seems to have it together. Now I'll let you be the judge. After he mentions this, he's like, yeah, I went to a show recently. It was, you know, it was really good. I went to see, I went to see Bush and Seether and Nickelback, and I, I loved it. <laughs> At first off, I wanted to just bail out. I just wanted to bail out of the cart. <laughs> just roll out yeah. of the golf cart. But it was just too hot. But I, the minimum amount was between the two of us was twenty bucks for the ride that we got. But tipping was appreciated. But I can tell you right now, the mere mention of Nickelback, and I really loved it. Completely eliminated any chance of uh, he just of gratuity being extended. He just torpedoed his own chance of getting a tip. Yeah, it's. Just, just a tip. too bad. Super nice guy, but I'm sorry, I can't, I cannot support anything Nickelback related in in any way, any way, shape, or form. Well, I feel like if it was a, um, if it was a golf cart, then he doesn't deserve it. Now, if he was pedaling one of those bikes and you uh, and your buddy were sitting in the back, yeah, it's hot. Maybe then, if he's just pushing the gas pedal down on a golf cart, yeah, twenty bucks is plenty. Or maybe if he was like pushing us around in a rickshaw or something like that perhaps or 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 obviously if he had uh if he had gone to a concert that was up to your standards i don't know what that would be but yeah wonder how much if they just or, piggybacked people how much they would charge for that that'd be pretty impressive what well, depends who you were piggybacked with i suppose yeah i'm gonna write that down i'm gonna workshop that idea there might be some potential there. So, what was the rest of the crowd? What was the rest of the crowd there like? Um, a very widespread age range for sure. Not a lot. Of, I didn't see a lot of like really young people, but maybe people in their like late, maybe late teens or early twenties is kind of the youngest that I saw. Other than the people who were like in their thirties and brought their three-year-old, we saw oh, quite no. a bit of that. 
yeah, I'm just shaking my head. Not only just being there, the noise and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm like, it's freaking one o'clock in the morning and your kid's still out here. Uh, yeah, on a, on a uh, well, I guess it doesn't matter because it's the summer. I was going to say yeah. a weeknight. But. Yeah. So anyway. Do you think the number of GEDs outweighed the number of bachelor's degrees there? Yeah, that was funny. One uh, thing that was mentioned when we, you know, went out for to get some more beer and it took us all of, you know, three seconds to to kind of deduce the fact that um, if we walked outside the door right there, we could just get whatever we wanted and be back to our seats in like 17 seconds as opposed to standing in a line that was like 30 people deep. And once we had done that, that's what we discussed was the only the only people that would have thought of that are probably bachelor's degree and higher. And that's why everybody else is standing in line because they ain't got that. That was how... That was how people self-select there. Apparently. Yeah. So, but the, uh, yeah, there was, you know, people as young as maybe their early twenties. Um, yeah, most people there are probably like thirties and forties. But I, I saw people there. I, they were there to see the band. Like it was a guy and his wife, and they were, I would say, easily in their fifties and maybe as old as like sixty. But I guess I don't know. I mean, if you were. The band, you know, blew up about 28, 30 years ago. If you were 30 years old and when they first got popular, then, yeah, you're almost 60 years old now. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I bet you that you're underselling the amount of old, just probably so. burnt out. Because there's probably... Uh, That's right in their wheelhouse. Probably quite a few that got quite a bit of money that were in those suites, is what I'm, is what I'm guessing. So, but you, but you didn't see Jerry there. No, Jerry was not there. That would have been that would have been amazing if they would have showed his suite and he's just up there with a Guns and Roses t-shirt and like some torn torn up jeans with a a woman in each arm just just going crazy as they're playing Paradise City. That would have been that would have topped the Vinnie Paul moment for sure. D- did they take advantage of the big video screen? No, they don't they don't use the they don't want to use the midfield one for. I don't think they use it for any of them because they did. They didn't use that when I went to see you two there. It's just whatever the band well, they have to brings, or whatever. Yeah, say I thought with the U two didn't they have to move it out yeah. of the way or something because the. Well, because U two had this stage. The set was hitting. Yeah, they had this stage set up where like the the stage was supposed to look like and the. Uh, Oh, whatever, whatever the structure of it or whatever was supposed to look like I can't remember if it was like a big spider or something like that but anyway it was too tall um, so they couldn't put the stage at midfield which is what they did at all the other venues they played at so they had to put it like back at like the 20 where the where the 25 yard line would be uh, and so they couldn't put it in the middle but that was why they weren't going to use the the, the video board but um, they couldn't even set the stage up where they wanted because yeah because it the stage would have been hitting it fortunately at that show we were on that end of the stadium so it worked out well they were like right in front of us ridiculous yeah. so we need we need to do future episode write this down as concert talk cuz i've i've been to enough in my day i could probably hold my own in that in that discussion yeah i mean we definitely need to do that um you and I, I think, the only concert we've ever attended was when we took, I think, we took the wives to see the Killers. That's right. I forgot about that. That was, although that's a good band, uh, that was really just to lay groundwork to just tear it up later more than anything else. Just, yeah, get things strung together. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got some, I've got some interesting, interesting stuff stories along that line i don't want to run them out here i don't want to tarnish the uh my great memories with this uh terrible band like guns and roses oh man it was it was a great experience now speaking of concerts there's a band coming in town here in a few weeks if you're interested I, i believe you're familiar with the band slipknot and oh no if if you would like to get maybe some uh, general admission pit tickets and just go be, it'll be kill or be killed for about two hours if you're interested. 
I'm not. I, and I'll tell you. And I'll tell you something else. And, and this is where I'll I'll leave my stance on music. But a couple years ago, I was at the Austin City Limits Festival, and and you know it was 9:30 at night when the headliners go on, and at, at one end of this extremely large field, you had Pearl Jam playing. And then if you walked all the way down to the other end of the field, uh, the uh, electronic dance music uh, artist Skrillex was playing. Okay. All I have to say is Skrillex was pretty good that night. Just, I could see the hard count coming from like 15 seconds ago, but I'm not, I'm not jumping offside. Sorry. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Although I'm just fidgeting in my chair and like, crushing a glass in my hand as you as you say that but um yeah plenty of uh plenty of concert stories i can be told i think from uh either one of us both have lots of unique experiences for yeah for another time this this was this was about you this is about your bucket list this was about guns and roses post game this will be the most timely and topical topical episode we've ever done absolutely so most of our episodes are us talking about a sporting event that happened three yeah, weeks ago so. or hey, i went to my high school reunion in like 2014 let me tell you about it <laughs> so uh yeah so just to go back the show was great they played for almost three hours they played really every song of significance that i like of theirs except for maybe like one that I could think of that they didn't play, but Hey, they, they can't play everything. And even beforehand. And then during the show, there were, you know, there's maybe one or two songs that, you know, they're playing it. And I, I like the song, but I also think like this song is also kind of, you know, a little bit cheesy. And do I still like this just because I liked it as a kid? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I thought about that, but at the same time, I think I still enjoy it now. So who cares if the way the song? But at the same time, you had your foot up on the seats in yes. front of you playing air guitar. Yeah, I was doing air guitar and and smoking a fake cigarette uh, <laughs> at the same time that I was having that I was having those thoughts. So, um, so then they play through, do an encore. We get to the last song. Paradise City is the last song. Are you familiar with that one? I am. Okay, good. Um, again, one of their you know most popular songs ever. That's what they finish with, and at the end of the song, I mean, there's like uh, confetti and pyro and fireworks and stuff just firing off just all over the place um, at the end of the show. And uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great finale. One, one observation that I had though was. I felt like Axel could hit the notes that he needed to, and that wasn't a huge problem or anything. But they played three or four songs off of the album that he kind of just put together without these other guys, you know. It wasn't Guns N' Roses proper. It was just under that name, but it's basically just Axel. There were three three or four songs off that album that he performed. He seemed to put, just my observation or perception, he seemed to put quite a bit more effort into the into the vocals for those songs as he did all the other ones that he played. It's not like he took any songs off, but there was two or three. I was like, man, he really seems like he's trying to sell this one and just have it sound as perfect as possible. Interesting. I don't know. I may have to focus group that and see if there were observations on the same lines from others that, that attended, but that's just one, one observation uh, that I had and that, he wore a lot of funny hats and stuff. And he came out one time in a cowboy hat and like this leather vest with like fringe on it and stuff. And he came out, I was like, if he turns around and he has like assless chaps on or something, then I'm, I'm, I might have to leave. But the only, you'd have your, you'd have your cell phone light out. Yeah. So, um, which yeah, cell phone lights have now replaced lighters at, at concerts, which this one's indoors and there's no smoking, so I guess that kind of makes sense. But well, I wouldn't have thought it with a crowd like that; it would have been the case. I mean, um, yeah, if you're, if you're going to see uh, Justin Timberlake, sure, but no, we we will. I'll tell concert stories when that that I went to when you know, lighters were definitely present and people lighting stuff on fire and 
pulling up the floor that's on a concert and lighting it on fire or using it to surf on the crowd. I can tell those stories later. We won't do that here. But um, the other thing, just uh, Axel specifically, the only thing that was kind of, I mean, he's getting older, but it was kind of, you just kind of roll your eyes, is just he still was kind of doing the bit, even like the way that he would dress. Like he had like the flannel shirt and stuff that he would wear. Um you know, back in the day when he's in his 20s. And sometimes he looks okay. Sometimes he looks like a guy who's in his 50s who's trying to look like he's, you know, half his age. So you kind of roll your eyes, but, you know, it is what it is. Well said. But overall, there's no question. Seven thumbs up. It was a great show. Seven thumbs up. <laughs> and uh, if they were to come back through... Sometime next year, I mean, I'm there. Just wherever, wherever they're playing, I'll, I'll drop the money and go see them. And 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 even spring for the extra ten for the golf cart ride. Yeah, let's not get a Nickelback fan this next time, but um, yeah, I'd do that too. Maybe just pay a little extra for parking. We'll just avoid that. Well, I don't know. We'll figure that out. I mean, th- I mean this. I mean this in all sincerity. I'm very happy for you. Oh, I appreciate it. It, it sounded like the worst possible night ever to me, but for you, I'm very happy. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your your support and your courage. So I had uh, one last thing that is completely okay. unrelated. All right. Um. I just saw this story in, I don't know if this was from today or from yesterday. And I, this involves a tragedy. And my, my point of telling this or referencing this story has nothing to do with the tragic event itself. Uh, but this, this was a, uh, an individual who was killed in a standoff with the police in Maryland. I think a couple days ago. Okay, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this. And I'm not going to get into all that because that's not my point. This was like the person was armed. It was like a multi-hour standoff with the police, and the police ended up shooting her. Whether that was justified or not, it's not even my point of bringing it up. But there was one thing that was mentioned in this article that really stood out to me. I just want to run this by you. Is This individual that okay. unfortunately is no longer with us um, had also had kind of an incident with the police back in March. She got pulled over and then I think it was one of those like she's broadcasting the whole uh the whole deal on like Periscope, Facebook Live or something like that. But the reason that this individual got pulled over back in March was because and I'm gonna read this like verbatim as I'm looking at it and you just tell me your comments. She was pulled over because instead of a license plate, she had a cardboard tag that said, and I quote any government official who compromises this pursuit of happiness and right to travel will be held criminally responsible and fined as this is a, this is a natural right and freedom. Okay. So my first question is... She must have gone with a pretty small type yes, size what, what What size of Helvetica font do you, do you use to fit all that on a piece of cardboard that would fit where your license plate goes? No kidding, or or that anybody, yeah, that anybody could ever read. Yeah, and how just intentionally are you just trying to draw someone off sides or get into a, a situation, which the individual, maybe in their mind, they thought that was the right thing and that they're standing up for themselves or, or what have you. I guess the second thing is I'm, I'm not really sure that the statement makes a whole lot of sense. I don't think that's a surprise considering the fact that it was written on cardboard and used as a license plate but it's not usually places where you find the most articulate highbrow thinking yeah so in homemade license plates. so just think of anytime you're traveling around if the government interferes they're compromising your not only your pursuit of happiness but also your right to travel I wonder if I could do that with property taxes this year. I guess I'd have to put it on like a sign in the yard, perhaps. Yeah, I think you could just get a few poster boards and just kind of do some like painter's tape and stick them together and just put them out in your front yard. Yeah, and then that way if anybody 
questions me on it, I can find them, and that'll even be a new revenue stream for me. We could probably use a similar statement, and what we should do is not even write it out. Just do what um, you know, kidnappers do or whatever, where you just cut out letters from different newspapers and magazines and various sources and just, and just paste them on there that way real crudely. I think that'd be the most effective. All right, well, I'm going to get to work on this tonight. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you told me the story. Nice little art project. So that's the uh, that's just the one random tangent that I had for you. Well, I liked it. I liked it. I need more of that out of you. Yeah, and I don't think I have anything else because there's only so many ways that I can say that Guns N' Roses is pretty pretty awesome. I, I don't know if I go to the extent that this is like top five show ever. Because I've been to a lot of concerts put that on the montage but i'm gonna have to think about yeah. this because this one this one definitely it's up there just from the, the, the nostalgia aspect the sheer number of people there and sure. stuff like that so i'm gonna have to think on that but there's a lot of good ones and we'll save that for a future episode of tell me where to turn for sure i like it are right, you got anything else because i'm i've said like eighteen thousand words and no, we could almost mark this down as your soliloquy. So I think I think that now is as good a time as any to to end it. I think so too. So uh, end of episode fourteen, we'll be back, and I think we're gonna try to get try to get Dave on one of the next one of the one after that. Yeah, uh, he's climbed almost out of the well and has been calling for the ball because he's had some interesting developments of things he's done that I think would be quite great interest to uh our show yeah i believe the excuse for tonight was he was going to the circus that's right <laughs> which i think we know that either means parole officer meeting or illegal poker game well, i got one chance left in a night like that i gotta eat a dog and dog slice my